welcome, welcome, everybody. It is podcast time. <laughs> and we're having a fantastic morning. Um, that you, the look behind your face right now just says buffering. <laughs> buffering. I'm not buffering. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Well, We've then, been buffering. Okay, then what's that word that I asked you to... I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Buffering. No. <laughs> okay, it was, it was a weird a word. Truth and Coaching Podcast. I am Joshua, and this is Jordan in the gym with me today. Hello, hello. And we're going to have a, a couple good conversations, um, something a little bit topical for now. But first, buffering. Buffering. Ka. Kahuza. No. Kazoo. Kazoo. Yes. Kazoo. You don't know what a kazoo is. No. Kazoo. What's a kazoo? It's that it's that uh, like child's instrument with the wax. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It makes that yeah annoying sound. Yeah. Yeah exactly that one really easy to play. Mm-hmm. Similar, I suppose, to harmonica, but not the same at all. Harmonica is much more graceful sounding, refined thing. A little bit of home on the range. Yeah, I was gonna try to try to play the 12 days of Christmas just on the spot with harmonica. I forgot to bring a harmonica this morning. Oh, dang. Because buffering. Buffering. Right. Yeah, the whole morning was buffering. Um, <laughs> pop quiz. What did you eat for breakfast? I had plain yogurt with vanilla protein powder and some nuts. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was not bad. Um, I made homamade pumpkin spice oatmeal. Mmm. And used... Yum. Actually, that is not completely correct. I made... Homemade oatmeal spiced pumpkin. Okay. Yeah. I said too much pumpkin. <laughs> Way too Way much. Way too much. Yeah, it was like I was just making it for me and the kids and just, just glopped a bunch in and said, ah, that'll do. And <laughs> the little one's like, my milk is turning brown. <laughs> did they eat Oops. it? They did. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't terrible. No, it's been a big parenting success. Uh, the kids. While they like sweet things, like most other kids, um, they really don't need sweets in their breakfast. They don't need sweet mm-hmm. cereal. They're not expecting it. They've never expected it. <coughs> the oatmeal never put sugar in it. Like mm-hmm. very rarely, a tiny dusting of brown sugar. Yes. But like almost to the level of how people would maybe put like pepper on their salad. So just mm-hmm. just such a, little a small bit. little bit. But almost never do that. And the pumpkin spice oatmeal is good because. You know, first off, take your favorite oats, which I really like the steel cut, but then I mm-hmm. really like regular old rolled. Mm-hmm. So rolled oats are basically steel cut oats that have been squished. Yep. Um, they're called old fashioned oats in the grocery store, but they cook well. <laughs> they cook fast. Steel cuts cook slower. They're both nice. Mm-hmm. But then you take some uh, just like canned pumpkin, just 100% pumpkin, put it in there. Really probably... One to three tablespoons to taste. Okay. Um, and then, you know, anywhere between a third cup, like a, a normal grown man is probably going to eat a third cup in a responsible breakfast. I probably had more like a half a cup today because um, the oatmeal was the feature, not the side. Mm-hmm. And I probably put in like 12 tablespoons of pumpkin. Like <laughs> oh I just, I just grabbed a spoon <laughs> and did a... Like a whole dollop, and I did that three times. So, Oof. yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. It was a buffering moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're just testing it. Yeah. But then if you get raisins in there a little bit ahead of time, oh, yeah. they kind of absorb that moisture. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes like a really nice raisin pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. Did you put cinnamon in it? Uh, yes. A okay. good amount of cinnamon and okay. nutmeg. 
That was my next question. Yeah. yeah. And then um, what else goes in there? So I wanted walnuts. I think they're better, but I had pecans. So oh, okay. very similar, similar mm -hmm. taste, similar nutrition profile. Maybe not as bitter as walnuts. Mm -hmm. Walnuts would have been better. Um, but I had that. And then I had a two to one egg white, two whole egg ratio, just three. So basically one whole egg and two egg whites scrambled mm -hmm. and a glass of 2% milk. Nice. So reasonably good protein, all whole food. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Now, there's a couple things you can do with that oatmeal that are really nice too. You could slice apples mm -hmm. and put that on top and like even scoop with yeah. the apples, which is nice. And then um, I also like to just take probably a half a cup of Greek yogurt and just put it on there and have it. With oh, milk. yeah. And then typically I eat the yogurt faster. And then at the end, you want just a little splash of milk. Right. And that's nice. Have you ever done it with peanut butter, oatmeal and peanut butter? Yep. Yep. I yeah, really like that. That's nice as well. Mm -hmm. um, anyways. Yeah. So we're <clears throat> both off to the off on the right foot today. Those are some good kind of cold weather breakfasts. Uh, but before we talk about the topic today, let's announce the 12 days of Christmas workout. Yay! Yeah. So if you are fortunate enough to see <laughs> us on Friday, and if you're paying attention, and we're going to have to release this a little bit early. We're going to have to, yeah. Maybe Thursday night? Yes. Is that fair? Is that I sporting? Think so. Give people a sporting chance? I think so. It's ambushed? our Christmas gift to them. Yeah, it is. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> on the first day of Christmas, my trainer gave to me one length of lunges. Oh, we're, we're singing this together right now? We don't have to sing it, okay. but we can read every other line. So the length <laughs> of lunges, I mean, it's going to be about 13 yards, but whatever. Roughly, a length yes. is a good quantity. So you're going to be lunging all the way down. And yes. Then, and then two pull-ups and yep. then one length of lunges. Yep. And then you've got your choice of 30 seconds of mountain climbers or 30 seconds of jump rope. And we're probably gonna make you, whichever one you pick, the next one you have to be alternate. I really like that idea. Yeah, it's good. It'll have kind of a candy cane feel to it. Mm-hmm, yeah, it will. It's good. Then your two pull-ups, then your one length of lunges. Yes, what's number four? What is that? What did we decide for four? Back extensions. Back extensions, yes. Four good old back, back extensions. extensions. On the back extension machine. Yes, then you'll do your three, um, or 30 minutes of mountain climbers, 30 or minutes. 30 seconds, 30 my seconds. bad. 30 yeah. seconds. And two pull-ups. And then one lunge, then one, one length of lunges. lunges. Four, number five, the halo shines <laughs> down from the ceiling on five dumbbell curls. Why not? Why not? Get those biceps in there. They're classic. Then four back extensions. Your choice of 30 seconds mountain climbers and or jump rope. Two pull-ups. And one length of lunges. And so you can see the workout goes like that. You do round mm -hmm. one, then round two, one, then three, two, one, four, three, two, one, five, four, three, two, one. But anyways, number six is barbell deadlift. Mm-hmm. Number seven is push-ups. Number eight is single arm kettlebell swings. Number nine are uh, tennis ball uh, crunches, V-hold. Crunches and V-holds yeah, type of thing. It's a tough ab exercise where you're yes. passing the ball behind and keeping your feet off the ground mm -hmm. and then gathering it on the other side. It's kind of like a Russian twist, just harder. Just hard. Yeah, I definitely think it's harder. Because you, you can't see the ball yeah, you and you have see, to read the... You're not sure that you did it right. <laughs> exactly. It makes you work. <laughs> Uh, number 10, barbell squats. We've yes, been working on those. we have. Let's do it. Then number 11 is kettlebell long cycle. Single, Single arm. arm. Yep. Uh, for those that have a competition weight and you know what it is, for single bell, mm -hmm. we're going to step down 
probably to your double bell comp weight just because yes. this workout you're not going to get all kitted up for like just proper lifting so you go a little lighter mm -hmm. people will be wearing running shoes and stuff right and then lastly <laughs> 12 lengths of crawls Our bear crawls 40 feet not bear crawls tabletop crawls table oh, that tabletop. butt comes up okay okay like, down get it down down <laughs> use your core stop punishing your shoulders <laughs> Um, so yeah, got to work your way all the way back through that, uh, all the way to your final length of lunges, and you have passed the 12 days of Christmas yes. workout. So excited. Merry Christmas and have a great, yeah. great weekend. And then we cut out for active recovery week mm -hmm. all the way until after the new year. I love that about this. So do I. Um, it's a hard workout, and then you get a nice active recovery week. Yeah, and we, and we do that in October with mm -hmm. the uh, Nobel Down uh, not championship, but charity lift. Mm -hmm. Then this one, 12 days of Christmas. Um, you know, I read, it's all over personal training literature about people that, um, you know, are trying to make a clientele base and they have to just fit as many people as they can. If you can get the clients, mm -hmm. you cram them into every single hour that anybody will take it. And now your schedule has exploded from five in the morning until seven at night and you're just run ragged and you don't have a personal life and now you're not exercising anymore, or you don't play sports or you don't get out and do things that you used to do and you're unhappy and uh, you're scared your clients are gonna leave you and you never mm -hmm. take a vacation and all that. And when I started this, I was like, we're not gonna do that right off the bat because I don't need to be like notorious like some of these other like celebrity trainers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I don't feel like I need to have my my worth uh, validated by the general population. It'd be, mm -hmm. it's success is good, career success yes. is good. But no kidding, legitimate soul food for me is seeing my clients get better. Yes. Because when, like, when I'm teaching a thing and when that aha moment clicks and you see like the light or like the gears engage behind their eyes, that is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. So I would rather work with people that get that to have happen Right. Get to have happen. Have to have. Have, have to have happen. Have to have that experience. <laughs> but when you have that experience, it makes me happy. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to be playing the, the scared game that like, oh, my clients are going to leave me and I'm going to lose my business. So we program it in to the contract, actually, mm -hmm. that we get a week off quarterly. Right. And it makes sense for people that are working hard, too, to take a week off and do something different with the body. And then exactly. come back with a fresh perspective. But yeah, um, Christmas is obviously one of those weeks, and it'll be good. Yes. All right. Topic of the day. What is it? Topic of the day. Um, you wanted to talk about it. Oh, should you exercise while you're sick? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, it's not wrong, but you just need to know like when you're bound, what the boundaries are. So... Um, one thing that you and I have talked about in the past is if your symptoms are um, from the neck down, so if you're having like a fever, stomach flu, any of that, generally it's not a good idea to work out as hard as you normally would um, and just making it an actual rest day for yourself. And then if you're having like a head cold, uh, if you absolutely feel like you want to work out or need to, um, a good recommendation is just uh, cutting that time in half that you would normally work out um, and then just making 
it not as intense that you would have if you were feeling 100%. So we've got some guidelines, mm-hmm. right? And I'd say these are they're probably based on best practices. Now, you've got um, different sources almost say the same thing, and we're talking like Mayo Clinic. Uh, what was Harvard. the other one you looked at? Harvard? Harvard Health, yeah. Harvard Health, yeah. So they've got some guidelines that are based on studies and stuff. Um, and then just some other coaching resources that I've got. They say similar things, and I'll give kind of like my official guidelines after sharing some perspective. But to lay the foundation for this, I think you have to look fundamentally at what is science and what can science do. Mm-hmm. Then what is coaching and what can coaching do? So you've heard of um, the art and the science. And sometimes people say that kind of kind of interchangeably, and they overlap. They're mm-hmm. not interchangeable, but they do overlap. People used to refer to boxing as the sweet science. Yes. Right? Or um, a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious old... Uh, road to Zanzibar with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, and they're just being complete con men the whole time. <laughs> and he gets in a cage fight with a gorilla. And at some point in there, he's saying, oh, you're too scientific for him, boy. You're too scientific. You're going to beat him. <laughs> and, of course, the gorilla ends up just wiping the floor with him. But uh, that, that like scientific application is the arts. Mm-hmm. So the science, if we're being true scientists and applying the scientific method, it's not going to tell you all truth because what the scientific method does is it narrows down a very small field of certainty because you have to limit all the variables. So if you're doing like thorough research, you're basically looking at, um, imagine like a puzzle or something, or something that has a bunch of characters in it, maybe a book mm-hmm. that's in a different language or a code. You're looking at that through a straw. And imagine that tiny little hole that you're seeing. And through that straw, you've established, aha, here is something that's pretty sure, because we tested it and we proved it, but it's difficult to show the full context of that. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make everything as science-based as possible, but science doesn't know everything, right. and it will take forever Mm-hmm. probably eternity for science to know everything. So in the meantime, there's something called coaching intuition, which is what it's a, it's a little bit of like best practices or a little bit of like home remedies, but a little bit better than that because we are trying to artfully apply the science that we know mm-hmm. But at the same time, sometimes you know something just doesn't work. And then sometimes you know something does work, and maybe you can't explain why. Maybe you know it's partially based in science. Maybe you know what you're giving isn't a perfect solution, but it's the best one that's out there. Because remember, coaching is about action. Right. So if you can help somebody get into the right action step, even if science doesn't prove it yet, that probably is going to be beneficial for that person. Mm-hmm. So that's foundation number one. Foundation number two is like, what is immunity? How do we respond to immunity? What is stress? So true or false, uh, getting sick is stress. Yes, I'd say so. True or false, yes. I like your answer. False, uh, true. Art, art, true. Full, yes. Artful application true. of uh, <laughs> the true or false rubric. Um, true. True or false, 
exercise is stress. True. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're so, putting stress on your body when you're exercising. Right. Now, <clears throat> when you get stronger through exercise, you become more resilient and more resistant to stress. But when you apply intense exercise while you're fighting a virus, mm-hmm. you might just be pushing yourself a little bit deeper into the hole. Right. Um, on the other hand, if you wait too long to exercise after getting sick, you might just be perpetuating not recovering and not giving yourself the right stimulus. Mm-hmm. So how do you know? How do you know what to do for you? Where's the action step? Um, generally, if I'm feeling like I'm getting sick, like specifically with a head cold, I'll still do some exercise. It's just, like I said, I'm not going to go as intense. And if I'm feeling fine later on that day, and if I'm feeling fine the next day, then I know that, you know, I can continue to work out with the same intensity, same duration. Um, if I'm starting to feel, if I feel like I'm just completely wiped out after that workout, then I know, um, I need to back off and probably have a rest day the next day. And depending on if I'm feeling that same way, making it another rest day the day after. That's what has worked for me in the past. Well, and you're pretty intuitive. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you bounce back a lot faster than some. Mm -hmm. So I would say that your your personal intuition is working really well. It's not wrong to be intuitive. Um, But we could say, uh, you know, I would say there's the... uh, there's a new element of this. It, it probably should have always been the case, but there are, um, is like a post COVID set of etiquette that's out there. Yeah. Like it used to mm-hmm. be this kind of like, Oh, well my great grandfather never missed a day of work, you know, mm-hmm. and good on him. Like you can be tough and that's good. Right. But I think if you're sloppy sick and you're pretty sure you're contagious, Yes. That is not the time to be going to the gym. That's the time to be recovering. Right. That's yeah. not the time to be going into work in person. Mm-hmm. I think that most reasonable people, if you got the sniffles or if you've got, you know, something that's you're a little bit off or you know you're slightly fighting something, I don't think most people are going to shun you. Mm-hmm. But if you know you're sloppy, contagious, A, it's common courtesy to not spread that around. Like, mm-hmm. please don't come and work out. Um, it's B, you're fighting something actively, and you probably need to marshal your resources mm-hmm. to get over that. Now, uh, let's, let's just say that we're talking about, like, the common cold or the common COVID or the flu, mm-hmm. and it's not severe. So... Maybe you see the doctor, maybe you don't. Maybe you get tested, maybe you don't. But you don't need a ton of medical help to get through this. Mm -hmm. We're going to assume that this is not a medical crisis and that you don't, like your life's not on the line here. Exactly, right. Because if it is, you definitely shouldn't be weightlifting. Right. All right, but let's (laughs) let's just assume this is that normal thing. You get sick, it gets bad for a little bit, and then you kind of work your way out of it. Mm -hmm. I think most people can sense the peak. Yes, that's when you're not going to work out. Mm-hmm. And I would say probably at all. Yeah. Sometimes that peak lasts a little longer. Yes. Than it, some people would like. Yeah. Like, um, 
So we both got sick a couple weeks ago. I mm-hmm. think it was the post-Thanksgiving thing. I think so. And it's been doing some weird things, like working the way through the system weird. And mm-hmm. um, I guess there's a norovirus going around, and a lot of kids are getting diarrhea mm-hmm. and uh, sniffly noses and stuff. That thing, man, spread fast. <laughs> um, Thankfully, I did not get that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or did you? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. No. Anyways, I don't know. Uh. There, there was like one day in there where my head just felt awful. Mm-hmm. That really, really painful kind of sinus sickness with the cold that's hitting it. Mm-hmm. That day and the following day, nothing for me. Uh, the day after that, because you lay around too much, it's not going to feel healthy either. Mm-hmm. You want to get out and go for a walk, get some fresh air, etc. So that brings us to best practices. Now, some of this stuff has been fairly well shared in... Uh, this is like, this is precisionnutrition.com, working out when sick infographic. Um, I like what they've done. I'm a precision nutrition level two certified coach. And sometimes they just collect things nice and neat in one place. This is basically saying the same stuff that the Mayo Clinic was saying, saying the same mm-hmm. stuff that Harvard Medical was saying. But um, you have immunity. And the immunity is either acquired, which is that immune system response to viruses that are out there, or it's innate. And your innate immunity is just like basic resistance, basic healthy structures, etc. Your exercise is going to get you great at that. The adaptive and acquired immunity um, tends to benefit a little bit more from moderate exercise, the, mm-hmm. like the cardio the, uh, the general movement, the stuff that feels really good, mm-hmm. just feels good to move. Um, that's not necessarily building up your tissues, but it's building up your immune system. Right. So they work together hand in hand, which is why for a, a good healthy person, you need strength training that's intense and you need uh, regular conditioning training, body weight movement, stuff that's less intense. It works together as a whole. Mm-hmm. But when you get sick, we want to look at... Um, are we maybe walking or jogging or swimming or biking things that stimulate general movement, Mm -hmm. things that maybe get you outside in the fresh air, that's going to be a better choice than intense resistance training. Um, very, very heavy resistance training Mm -hmm. intervals, uh, sprinting, uh, team sports, things that are really, really difficult or extreme temperature differences, mm-hmm. right? So yes. um, the the moderate exercises help you recover a little bit faster and they actually do help you through um, that kind of after the, the massive dump of the virus, it helps you get back on your feet. Now we get into coaching intuition and personal intuition. I needed to get back to weightlifting faster Mm -hmm. and it was perfectly fine like I can feel certain tension in my muscles maybe you had a hard push day before you got sick Mm -hmm. maybe you need that pull day a little bit sooner right and that was fine and it actually uh, stimulated me I got good rest having said that I'm well adapted to resistance training yes right so it's a it's a part of how my body almost speaks so when did you work out um, after you were sick? Like how? Good question. How long did you wait? Uh, got sick Tuesday, called out sick Wednesday. 
Um, did light activities Thursday and then either Friday or Saturday. I was back at it. Now, mm -hmm. I took uh, expectations off. I didn't say to myself I had to push into it as hard as I did before. I just wanted to move. To move, right. Now, it turns out, once I got warm, I felt really good mm -hmm. and was able to move a little bit more intense than maybe I'd planned to. Mm -hmm. But that's okay because I had recovery set up behind that. Right. Went home, got good, nutritious food, had a little bit of medicine, had a great night's sleep. So that was an okay place to be. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of it is sensing where you are with the virus. Yep. Yeah. I agree. If you're just on the upside, maybe you don't slam yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're still trending down or at the bottom, give yourself just rest. If you're on the upside, get those moderate, you know, gentler exercises in. Yes. Um, maybe snort some chlorine in the water, <laughs> right? That'll kill it, right? It will. Quick. <laughs> I think the big thing too is just not when you feel like you're feeling good, like you're starting to get on that recovery stage, not to just go at that wor next workout 100%. So when you're that first workout, don't go what you were doing before you got sick. Because I think with my personal experience with that, I kind of went back downhill. Mm -hmm. um, that happened quite a few years ago when I did that. So that was a learning experience. And also, you can figure it out from time to time. Like I've had times where I've gotten sick and done that hard workout thinking I was on the uptrend and mm -hmm. it pushed me down again. That's a sign to stop. Don't do that second lifting workout the next yeah. day or the following day, right? Exactly. But if you do it and you feel better, mm -hmm. it just might be what you need to pull yourself out of it because you can get into a funk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your body needs more nutrients and more sleep, but it, are you going to do that for two weeks when you're technically virus-free? That doesn't make sense to me. No, no, it does not. Um, and there are, there are some smaller things that can happen. Like you can have a slightly upset stomach, mm -hmm. right? If it's slightly upset, I say, and we're saying that you not have something else going on. Like, you know, yeah. you don't have the flu. Maybe you have a small sniffle or something, but your tummy's a little upset. Get to your warm up. Mm -hmm. Listen to your body. See what happens after that. Um, you might be able to move past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kind of just work through might it. Stimulate some movement, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. I had one of those. The other Did day. you? Yeah. I started uh. my warm-up and then I had some movement, what got stimulated. <laughs> then 30 minutes later, I got back to my warm-up, had one of the best workouts ever. There you but go. But that like heat and that sweat helped everything feel a little mm -hmm. bit better. Yeah, sweating so, yeah. it out. Yeah, so um, <laughs> I'd say don't overthink it. Like follow that intuition, but mm -hmm. best practices, light exercise after the worst virus dump, rest when you need to rest. Mm -hmm. And then don't be afraid to get back to lifting soon, mm -hmm. but don't feel this like negative pressure to get right. back. Don't think it's gonna affect your progression if you don't get back the yeah. next day after you're feeling 100%. Like yeah. it's not gonna affect you You're not gonna lose all your no, muscle. No, you're not. Unless you wait for a month. Right. You'll well, lose a bit then. <laughs> and you don't want to do that. But I mean, yeah. just don't make, don't stress over it as much as some people do. Yeah, I'll give you a parting thought on this, which is I kind of hate the expressions, uh, "do what works for you" and "listen to your body." Mm -hmm. And here's why: most people are not in tune with their body. Yes. Most people don't know how to listen to their body, and then do what works for you. Like, 
most people, particularly beginners and even intermediates, don't know what works, works for them. Which is why they're here. <laughs> yeah. So you're still trying to figure it out. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's completely appropriate to find some best practices as a starting point. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you can work from there. I know that if I'm recovering and I get that weightlifting in and my recovery after that session is good, that that's working for me. I know mm -hmm. that works for me. I've done it many, many, many times. Yes. Your mileage may vary. Mm-hmm. Speech of the week. It's a fun one. Ties in pretty well with uh, what we're looking at today. Movement should get easier as you get stronger and hurt less. Caveat. That does not necessarily mean that workouts get easier. No. <laughs> because you're progressively challenging it. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that your squats will hurt less, mm -hmm. your push-ups will hurt less, your body will respond better to the movements. Mm -hmm. And as you get stronger, you just flow into these things pretty easily and they look a whole lot less awkward. Yes. So if you're feeling like your exercises are actually making things worse, you're not getting stronger in the right direction. We have to do some movement practice. Mm -hmm. But as you get better at those movements, your body will respond well, you'll be more resilient, yep. and you'll feel a whole heck of a lot better. And then you'll be able to load up stuff that's harder and get even stronger yet. Yes. Alrighty. That's it. Take care and Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs>